What's up, bikers? I'm Robert. This is the Biker Bar podcast live stream episode 139. I really feel like I should have some better intro than me telling you what the number is because for fuck's sakes, I mean, you probably downloaded this on your podcast app or you're looking at it on YouTube. It's written all over the place. So one of these days, I promise I'm going to come up with some kind of like cool little jingle or something like that. And I'm going to load this audio file on here and it's going to start out. And you guys can just be blown away. So, but until then, you get to hear me say episode 139 or episode whatever the hell it is. Maybe I'll just keep doing that out of like whatever the heck. Nonetheless, we have Luke from Cut Laps on today. So that'll be exciting to talk about. A new Aussie YouTuber on the scene. But before we do that, let's do a couple of things here. First of all, I have a, the very first viral post that I've ever made in my whole social media career happening right now on Instagram. And if you're not on Instagram, you don't get to see it. So anyways, if you want to, you can swing by my Instagram at BikerB1. I actually reposted it on Facebook too, so you could go see it there. Same, same deal, BikerB1. And it's free. You can just go over there and see what's going on. And it makes me happy whenever I finally see those numbers growing. So it's really simple. Go over there, get some free content, make me happy. And uh, we can interact a little bit more over there too. It's easier to chat and stuff. So those of you that are podcast listeners, I really need somebody to write me a review. A five-star review would be preferable. If you're thinking like four or three, you should probably wait for one of the other guys to do a five-star review instead. But Anyways, I looked the other day and the last person that wrote one was in September and I feel like we're losing some momentum. I need to make sure the algorithm knows that this is the best mountain bike podcast out there. So do me a favor, go to Apple Podcasts, write a review, five-star review. That's, that's, the, that's the key part. If you're gonna, anything less than that, I really think you should procrastinate longer. But anyways, yeah, do that. That would really help me out a lot. I really appreciate it. But the people that I appreciate the most out of all you guys listening are the people that are on Patreon because they really help this show stay going. It's um, at the end of the day, this stuff isn't cheap. And um, <laughs> until the YouTube dump truck of, of money just shows up and starts dumping this pile of cash in my driveway, I need help. And uh, everybody on Patreon is doing that. You can do it as little for uh, as little as a buck a month, you know, or. You could do like five bucks a month. That would be cool. Put a little beer in the fridge while you're at it. Nonetheless, I really appreciate all you guys. Thanks for listening. If you're on YouTube and you want to just hit, you like pushing buttons, bang on that thumbs up button. If you haven't subscribed, do that. And you can keep getting more of this free content. And then um, let's just go ahead and bring Luke on. Bring Luke on. Get this thing started. What's up, Luke? How's it going? Yeah, pretty good. Stoked to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm like, it was uh, it was really cool that I like bumped into your channel the other day, and like, here we are. Boom. Yeah, this is a yeah. a whole that new world exciting. that we're that we live in nowadays, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, your um, what's your YouTube channel about? Um. I'm lucky enough to have access to 160 acres of just bushland, raw bushland to build a mountain bike trail in. So uh -huh. that's it. I'm just sort of building this trail episode by episode and um, just watching it grow, watching the channel grow as well. It's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to explain it myself, but I figured, you know what? This is this dude's channel. It'd probably be easier if he just explained <laughs> what the hell he's doing over there. <laughs> so 168 acres. Um, I want to ask you this. I always hear like people from from Australia say bush. Does that just like mean like forest or is there like actual like a uh, like a, a, a differentiation between bush and like something else? I was actually thinking of exactly this last night because of this interview. And I was like, wait, is there a difference between the woods and bush? But I mean, in my head, I always picture the woods to be, or like the um, the forest to be more alpine and, you know, sort of getting pine trees and stuff. Whereas over here, the Australian bush is kind of like really scraggly and dense undergrowth. And I'm not sure whether there's actually a, a definition that, um mm -hmm. it's different for both of them but it's just yeah i picture them kind of different in my head yeah because like some yeah, of it is, it is just a forest yeah because there's a good portion of australia that's more like almost like a high desert kind of landscape right yeah like i guess a lot of the just internal australia where there's not too much of a population yeah it's uh -huh. a lot more flat and deserty for sure okay yeah. so in my head that's what the bush is but no, so like the, the bush is the actually bush is like more forest. like forest. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. I see. Because in my head, I'm just like the dingo ate my baby, and like, <laughs> <laughs> and they're out in the middle of the desert on that. So I'm like, that must be the bush. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the outback. That's the outback. No, that's the outback. So the outback's even different than the bush. Yeah, yeah. Outback. That's that's yeah, way more deserty, really hot, uh, red sands and stuff. Whereas yeah, bush is sort of. Yeah, I guess more coastal areas. I in my mind, like the outback just meant like that you're like out in the like up in the cuts, like out in the the like far away from civilization. See, yeah, well, I guess I, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean like you guys have a different like you, you you differentiated that like differently right out the gate. So obviously I'm off. I am um, I'm learning, man. I'm learning. I uh I've wanted to go to Australia for a long time in my life. I when I was younger, I always wanted to go to Germany. So my my last name's Schumacher. Like obviously that's pretty German. So I thought it would be really cool to go over there and like check it out. And then after I I lived there for a while, I kind of had this this moment where I was like, man, I don't have this like big other like big life goal of something that I wanted to do. And at that time I like came up with I wanted to go to Australia. And I'm somehow I've managed not to do that in like the last 20 years <laughs> it is like it's a mission to get down here whenever i'm sort of trying to plan a trip overseas or something it's a 24-hour flight at least to get anywhere type thing but um yeah I mean, it's worth it you should definitely come down man yeah yeah no i definitely want to and i've seen some really rad riding and stuff like that down there and there's mm. i don't know there's just there's a lot to it you know there's a lot to it down there so i think it'd be really cool to come to come see but 24 yeah, hours on the plane uh i can't remember exactly but like i've flown to la a couple of times and yeah it's, yeah. A, it's a mission <laughs> do you have like a layover in like hawaii or somewhere or like where um no usually it's a direct flight from sydney to la jesus and it could be so just, four hours or something i don't know yeah you're just like camping out on the plane forever yeah because yeah, my, yeah. my wife wants to go to the philippines or thailand or something like that one of those places over there and uh mm. that's a really long flight too that's like one of those ones where people are like 
it takes forever to get there but once you're there it's awesome so yeah yeah probably pretty yeah. similar yeah yeah right on man so what made you decide to start a youtube channel um well i've always been passionate about filming and making videos like ever since we had a little handy cam when we were growing up and stuff so always making home videos and um i love the tech side of things so i actually started i was snowboarding and i started out making snowboard films um mm -hmm. which was awesome and then i was during COVID, i was just building my mountain bike trail loving it and during that time i found um guys like Seth and well, both the Seth's doing like backyard trail builds and mm -hmm. um, Mark Mass and stuff like that. So it's just like, all right, cool. I've got the skills to be filming and documenting this stuff as well. I love the filming. I love the writing. I love the building. It's mm -hmm. stupid not to make a mountain bike channel, YouTube channel. Yeah. So that's how it, um, that's how it came to be. And then after doing a little bit of research into YouTube as well, I was like, oh shit, like if this takes off, I could actually, turn this into my full-time job and yeah, that's the yeah. dream like imagine just doing exactly what i love making videos making trails and writing yeah. and then getting paid for it so yeah sounds like a good deal right <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of a lot of hard work to get there long way off yet but um that's good yeah. to have job goals to work towards yeah, no, hundred percent. So with the um the snow stuff, where did you have a channel there too? That you, or you were just making videos for fun for like no, yourself? just making videos. I mean, I put a couple up on Vimeo and stuff, but it really started when I um I did a season over in uh, Utah back in two thousand and seven mm -hmm. with a bunch of mates, and we went down to Best Buy and bought like the cheapest video camera we could, and just started filming. Um, you know, make little edits, which was awesome. But I don't think, I don't think I ever actually put them up online anywhere or anything like that. Um, uh -huh. And eventually that sort of just grew. I got better cameras and um, was putting them up onto the, some sort of digital snowboard magazines and stuff. And they got a little bit of traction, but I never really had my own channel that would take off or uh -huh. anything. So, mm. so you generally like knew how to edit and stuff before you started the Cut Labs channel? Oh yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. a lot through the snowboarding videos and stuff because I'd always try and emulate what I was seeing on these DVDs, like the the big productions, and you uh -huh. know, so I'd, I'd teach myself a lot of the um, techniques through that. But then I also studied graphic design, which had a small part of video editing in there as well. So um, yeah, so I started to learn a bit more through that, and then working as a graphic designer because I had some video editing background, I started getting into um, like some cinema advertisements and television commercials and stuff like that as well. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, I quickly had to sort of upskill myself on video editing. And yeah, yeah, I think it's all just sort of come together now for like everything that I've learned over the past 15 years has all sort of been building up to this uh, YouTube channel. Huh. I think like all those Very skills good. are finally being put to use, which is pretty cool. I, I feel like you can definitely tell by like your production value because when I saw your channel, like there, and I'm not trying to like poop on anybody that has 4,000 subscribers, but a lot of us at 4,000 subscribers don't have our shit together as much as, as yours did. Like I could see like 
like you had these little pop-up animations and not only is like the text on there but the text like the animation itself is moving and not and i know like more than likely that's not a like just like a little bot like plug in like usually you have to build those things yourselves to or were they kind of like just little like add-ins for for i've you know. got i do have a bunch of add-ins and stuff like as a graphic designer i'm running my own business so i do have mm -hmm. access to some big libraries and stuff um oh, but I see. yeah in saying that i do yeah i, I pick the stuff for the channel there, there is a lot of hand-drawn animation on my channel yeah. but usually overlays i've just paid for something that actually suits my style and um tweak it to make it work for myself but yeah, yeah i am yeah. cutting corners there. <laughs> On, on some of the yeah. animation stuff. No, that's really rad. My problem is I I fall into this like I'm too cheap to pay like a dollar fifty for some animation. So I'd rather spend like yeah. six hours trying to make one that's half as good. And then I'm like, yeah, that was worth it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Like I love the animation stuff as well, but I'm spending way too much time on these video edits already. I was like, Shit, I just I just gotta I'll download something. This works and I'll stick with yeah. it. So I need That's to, I, I really need to be a little bit more diligent about like doing something like that. Cause I, are you using a Mac or you, I think you said you were on a Mac, Mac. earlier. Mac, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of really good resources for those type of things. At least it seems to me for Final Cut where like Premiere, it seems like. I'm on I Premiere. You are on, God damn it. Now you're just ruining it. Excuse <laughs> no <out>. excuses. <laughs> <laughs> Is there like a single website that you can go to, kind of like an epidemic for sound, but it's for like all uh, all, all yep, videos? Yeah, I actually pitch. signed up to be a, um <laughs> affiliate of it the other day, but it's uh, the one I use is Envato Elements, and that actually has uh -huh. sound effects, music. So I use it for my graphic design business. Um, uh -huh. And you know, there's, there's graphic templates, there's there's Photoshop mockups, then there's all the video templates, video footage. And it mm -hmm. was, yeah, one of the cheapest things. So that's that's kind of my go-to for a lot of stuff now. I mean, I don't actually use it too much, but um, yeah, it's, it's handy to have that there if I just need a little bit of yeah, no, you know, right. B-roll and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a. But, I mean, it's it's so much easier for me because it's a work expense for my graphic design as well, and that's just mm -hmm. something that my YouTube channel benefits from at the same time. Yeah, no, but that's like, that's a good tool to have in the toolbox, you know, like I, I'm like that, that kind of stuff exactly right there is exact, is a primary reason that I talk to people about Patreon, like at the beginning about helping support the channel. Cause there's so many little things like that, that people just don't, they like take for granted. Like how much does your Adobe, you know, cost you a month? I don't know, 60 bucks a month. You know, how much yeah. does the StreamYard cost for this podcast? Like something like that. I don't know, it's 50 bucks a month or something like that. Then, you know what I mean? It's like you add it all up, all these like, yeah. okay, how much does it cost for epidemics or epidemic or whatever the fuck they call themselves? You know, so I have music. It's like, that's another 15 bucks. And you're like, next thing you know, you're like, holy shit, man, I'm in this thing for a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, it adds up. It sure adds up. So, yeah. I mean, it's good. I've finally just got monetized as of yesterday. So, yeah, if um, I can so you'll hopefully be make a little rich bit of money, like another month. I'll be what? You'll be rich in like another month. Afford, like, I might actually be able to afford one month of uh, of the Elements program or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, it's it all like, helps. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. No, I really appreciate everybody that does that and um, like the super chats that come in on the live streams. Have you ever done a live stream yet on your channel? No, I haven't. I've been no. toying with the idea, but I mean, I'm out, I'm out in the bush. I'm mm -hmm. out, it's rural area, which, um, so the internet coverage, I mean, I want to do a live track walk where I'm actually walking around the bush mm -hmm. and just sort of showing people in real time and they can ask questions and stuff. That would be mm -hmm. uh, awesome to do. I just got to work out the logistics of that. So, we'll Yeah. See. Yeah. I mean, I know you can, you can set the GoPro up to like go through your cell service. So depending yeah. on what, what kind of connection you have, cause I, I, I'm pretty sure Brian's done that before with his, like he's done a ride and he was yeah. streaming the ride while he was like chatting with people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I should ask him to, for some tips. Yeah. Um, cause like I've got the Wi-Fi like dongle as well, so. I think uh -huh. I can make it work just as long as the reception is quick enough. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Give it a shot, man. I mean, the worst thing yeah. that happens is it doesn't work out very well and who cares? It's, it's YouTube, right? It's not like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? At the end of the day, people aren't paying for it. So if it's screwed up, you're like, well, that didn't work out. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just hide the video from the channel anyway. So it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to do a lot of live streaming and um, mostly what it was, was just me getting drunk in my garage and talking to everybody. So the, 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 the order of operation was like typically end the live stream and delete it immediately. Cause God <laughs> knows what I said. That probably wasn't appropriate. It doesn't need to be on the internet for very long. So <laughs> yeah, I can imagine doing something like that as well. Yeah. So how long have you been riding bikes, man? Uh, not too long, actually, in the scheme of things. I mean, I obviously I grew up riding bikes, but never fully got into mountain biking or anything. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really, I, I got my first mountain bike just before COVID hit. So I was in oh, there before wow. the COVID wave and could actually pick myself up a decent bike. But um, mm -hmm. yes, yeah, so it's only been, what's that, three years now or something? Yeah, something like that. It seems like I have no idea of time. Like they should have a new like instead of like AD and BC, they should yes. have like a like a like a oh, another BC like before COVID and then <laughs> and after COVID like an AC because <laughs> basically I have zero idea of time. I don't even know what day of the week it is anymore ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in the past for me as well. That was a uh, confusing trying to set this up. Oh yeah, that was, I forgot to make that joke earlier. I was like, I'm actually finally time traveling. This is like something I've been looking forward to my whole life. <laughs> Cause you're in tomorrow. It is, yep. it's Wednesday here. It's Thursday there. Thursday lunchtime. Yeah. Every time I try to think about that, it just breaks my, my brain doesn't like want to like understand it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, that's it. when you said he's like yeah we can do do it on wednesday lunchtime i was like ah oh, is he accounting for the days and stuff here like i better follow up <laughs> that's a good that's a good thing that you did that because i was zero like i was not thinking about that whatsoever at all so yeah yeah that's that's funny so you just got into it and then like just instantly just kind of like fell in love or what 
Yeah, well, like I said, I've, I sort of grew up snowboarding and spent a lot of time snowboarding. And you could see during the winter seasons down here, you could really see mountain biking starting to take off in summer as well um, at the mm -hmm. resorts. So it was always it was always there. And I was actually watching, I always loved watching mountain biking uh, videos and stuff as well, even though I wasn't doing it. Um, mm -hmm. So I was like, I'll, I'll get into mountain biking one day. And then mm -hmm. I ended up moving to a, um, a town called Thoreau in that's about an hour south of Sydney. Mm -hmm. um, and there's some really chunky downhill trails that were pretty much, you know, at the end of the street in my backyard there. Um, I was like, well, yeah, of course I got to get a bike. So went okay. out, picked up a, the cheapest sort of um, giant talon that I could at the time. I think it was 600 bucks over here. So just hardtail, not really progressive geometry or anything. And there was me and my mate just flying down this chunky black trails, just rattling around, having a great time. And I was like, oh, well, I'll get this bike and see, um, see if I love the sport. But, you know, instantly after that first ride, I'm like, yeah, this is something that I can definitely get into. So um, within a couple of months, I was already you know, saving up for the first proper dual suspension bike and yeah, never looked back. Right on, man. So now you're, um, you're, you're rocking a Marin. Is that right? Uh, so I've got a temporary Marin. Um, uh -huh. uh, Bikes Online sent me that for the video project that I've just completed for them. Um, and so I'll mm -hmm. hold on to it for another couple of months before sending that back. Um, mm -hmm. But my actual bike is a Norco Optic. Oh, right on. So I pretty similar specs, really. Yeah, yeah. So what do you notice the difference between the two? Um, the I think it's got a shorter chain stay on the um, on the Marin. Uh, it's the Rift Zone 2 Carbon. Um, uh -huh. So it actually feels like the reach is about the same, but it feels like a shorter bike. Um, and it feels You said the C-tube's a little the, more. Pardon? You said the C-tube angle is like a little bit like like forward. No, no, more. I think it's the, the, the actual chain stay and the sort of rear triangle shorter. Ah, so my, my Norco feels much longer, which means that it feels more planted on the downhill chunkier stuff. But then uh -huh. the Marin actually feels more playful. So on my trail where I don't actually have um, that much technical riding, you know, I've got a couple of jumps and a couple of and, and berms and stuff. Mm -hmm. I feel a lot faster and um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty bad at jumping. So as soon as there's something a bit kicky, I just don't feel natural on that. But on the actual, on the Marin, I'm feeling a lot better. Like I feel like I can pop it a lot better. And I think that might be yeah. Yeah, due to... Yeah, the box just shorter. Do they both have the same um, suspension design? Um, they've got pretty similar specs in the amount of travel. Um, no, like the design, though, because I know like like the Giant, for example, like the Giant Trance. I forget what that suspension is called. Somebody in the chat maybe can say it. It's like where the, the shock is kind of like pointing down the same way as the seat tube. Like for some reason, that like suspension design like it's really poppy and playful where like other suspension yeah. designs where the, the shock is like maybe like more in line with the down tube kind of, you know, like yeah, yeah. has a little no, bit uh, of a different, different feel to it. Like, like the uh, uh, yes. BPP on the, the Santa Cruz is really planted, you know? 
Yeah, right. You can get playful, um, but you have to like make it do it, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so I haven't, I haven't actually tried any bikes that have that different positioning. These two, um, like I say, they're pretty much vertical with the seat tube. Uh, yeah. So the guy, so the bikes online said that it's the horse link on the Norco and the Marin is the Fox bar is what they're calling it. Faux, faux bar or something. I don't know. Something like that. F A U X. Is that faux or is that fuck? I don't know. Who know. gives a fox? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's the maestro on the giant. Somebody else threw that in there too. So, there um, but I, I don't know if that's the name of it. I think maestro is like giants like name, but I don't think that's what, I, what the, the actual suspension design is. It's like, <sighs> I forget what it is. Anyways, I'm not one of those guys that's like super, super into that stuff. So, um, yeah, I've got no idea. I ride the bike and like, this feels fun. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. I just like That's repeat good. words that I hear other people say and then wait and for a reaction. And then if nothing <laughs> happens and I just crack a joke and then everybody forgets about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's definitely like, um, before my channel, I, I didn't ride a lot of different bikes. So after having the channel and like doing some, um, different, you know, reviews and stuff like that, I, I've definitely like, been able to like notice differences now more mm. than whenever I first started, but it, it definitely takes, I don't know, for some people, they're really good at like noticing that stuff. Yeah. Like you ever watch a hard, hard tail parties channel? No, I don't think I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he's like really good at like, Oh, well, you know, this, I can feel this and this does this. And like, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm like more like you, man. I'm like, yeah, I got on and the wheels spun, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like it takes me a while to really realize like a difference or something like that. So, um, but, what, but I did notice a major difference between the, um, you know, going from one of those entry level hardtail talons to my yeah. bike, like just having the, the tight little handlebars on it and very uh -huh. like you're really over the front wheel so what well, i've jumped back on that after having riding my optic for so long I'm like how the hell did i ride this down the trails that i did like this is yeah. this is the scariest thing ever but yeah <laughs> yeah little tiny tiny little um differences make like such a huge impact on the way that it feels when you ride you know and I recently put a 170 on my Bronson fork instead of the 160. And the fork that I had on there kind of sits a little higher in the travel. And um, it really like, it made the bike climb like, like dog shit, you know? And, and uh, I was like, well, that didn't play out very well. And at first I just <laughs> thought I was like, I was like, man, did I like get weaker or something? I was like, I was really starting to get in my head. I was like, man, I need to like up the miles some more. I'm like, I feel like I'm riding a ton right now. Like what the hell? And it took like, like I said a minute ago, it took me a while to like put it all together. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> you know? Yeah. This, so, this isn't working properly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, so you want to make those climbs as easy as possible as well. And I hate them. <laughs> yeah. More no, for the downhills. Exactly. And I mean, gravity is good to me on the downhill because i'm fat but it sucks whenever you're climbing so like gravity is an asshat when i'm climbing so <laughs> so how much trail building did you do 
before you decided to like start this project or is it like is it you just learning from the beginning or me just learning from the beginning i mean the trail the trail existed for about a year before i actually started documenting any of it mm -hmm. um and i'd done um like i'd, I'd started just playing around uh, at my old place up in sydney um digging mm -hmm. trails and stuff but nothing nothing major um mm -hmm. so yeah it really just started you know I'd, dad and i were just out there just breaking a trail to ride um mm -hmm. so it's pretty rough and loose it's the exact trail now and so i've just been going over it and building features in putting in the berms and mm -hmm. making it awesome but yeah i'm definitely just learning as i go so you can see from the very first episode on youtube um mm -hmm. i've definitely progressed a, a long way and picked up a few different yeah. techniques here and there and yeah yeah how how are you learning just like trial and error are you like watching like ses channel or like your... i consume as much trail building videos as i can like i just i just love it i'm addicted to it so mm -hmm. um yeah definitely learn a lot through youtube um and then i'll be on the forums and stuff just you know just searching for different mm -hmm. techniques and there's some good um Facebook groups and stuff that you can ask each other questions and some sort of monitoring those and learning from other people's mistakes as well. Um, but I'm also love just getting out there and giving it a go. Oh, I've yeah. got the IMBA's solution to single track um, books. So that's like a guide to knowing your dirt and drainage and just building sustainable trails and trying to do everything um, yeah. correctly. I mean, it's YouTube people, you do something wrong, people are going to tell you that you're doing it the wrong direction wrong so that's weird i try and limit that <laughs> as much as possible <laughs> yeah i would never imagine a bunch of people in the comments of youtube just freaking beating you up over something <laughs> yeah how, how long is the trail um it's about a kilometer which would be okay like half, a little bit half more mile. half a mile yeah something like that yeah. yeah i think a kilometer is like like 2.2 or something like that for a mile or something so right on so it's a decent little little amount of, of descent and you're just um how are you picking your features you're just like this seems like this would be good trying to work just you know using the natural terrain to really guide what gets built and it changes mm -hmm. like i'll be out there just walking the trail all the time and like you know what this would be this feature would go sick here or Whatever. I mean, I've got, I'm on Instagram and whenever I see a cool, interesting feature, I'll save that to a, a library. So there's a, you know, over 300 awesome features that I've just scrolled through every so often, like that would work right here. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So that's not super long as far as like the distance. I mean, you, you're really going to run out of, like, you'll run out of space eventually. Like you can't just, it can't be like on one feature off to the next one. You know what I mean? Like. Are you planning on putting well, another trail in or are you? There's so much room for more trails. I mean, that, the current trail, it only starts, it's a bit higher than halfway up the property and halfway up the elevation. So there's still, there's still a lot more mountain to go up behind it. That just happened to be where I started this one. And I was like, all right, I'll get this chunk of trail finished and running mm -hmm. um, before starting any other projects in the area or extending mm -hmm. the trail, but there's um, using sort of Google maps and a few other mapping um, applications. I've worked out that I can probably have a trail that's about 
three kilometers of mostly downhill, which is oh, pretty right decent on. for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Backyard trails. Uh, and that, yeah, that no, involves, like, yeah, I found some, you know, like there's, there's lots of rock features and, you know, fernery, epic gullies, like the, the place is just perfect for it. I'm so incredibly lucky and fortunate to be able to call that my home and actually have that as my backyard. Like it's, yeah. it's insane. No, that's super cool. I mean, I've built a trail that's about a mile long and yeah, there's, there's a, that's a lot of room, you know, like that's, um, there's a lot of things that you can have in there. So, and I would imagine it's not like you couldn't put something else that's, you know, off to the right or the left of it. That's yeah, a different no, trail like, too. You know? I've got a full bike park land out. Like you should see the map and there's just trails going everywhere. Just, just trying to map out, um, you know, what's the best use of space so it isn't just a maze of trails out there either and having them yeah. crossing over each other. Like I want to actually sort of do it properly. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. There's a, there's a lot of potential out there. So you have a master plan. I mean, I, I just watched Seth's video the other day about building the bike park and he said the master plan was the best, was the first step, man. And it, it like, <laughs> it, it makes sense though. I mean, like, like even if you're building something not up for a park, you know, but like to have an idea of what you're going to do in the long run, because then like, you know, like you said, you don't want them all crossing over or whatever. And mm -hmm. if there are some spots where you need to have an intersection, then you can really limit that instead of later being like, man, if I would have just went over here, this would have been fine. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 So I got a really loose master plan. I know where a bunch of trails can go, but who knows what the future holds like that those plans can definitely change so yeah what made you think what I know, i'm gonna mess up the name because i only watched a couple of your videos the other day but you had one that's like uh is it like the pecker jump or something like that would you call it the boner log the boner log yeah that's it so those of you guys that haven't seen his channel basically he's got this like half of a telephone pole just sticking straight out of the ground at like a 45 degree angle. And then he, he turned it into a jump. So like, but that wasn't sticking out of the ground. Like you had to do that on your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had to drag, like found the perfect log. Dad's got a tractor. So we end up dragging, um, it's about six meters. So whatever that is in feet, I'm terrible. Yeah, whatever, but, you know, a massive, a massive log. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, heavy yeah. as well. Like I'm working with Australian hardwood, which is, incredibly heavy so we're just dragging this log off through the bush and then i had to dig a massive hole so that because i wanted it to stick up out of the ground without having any extra supports either um mm -hmm. so i had to dig a big hole in the ground half of that log is actually underground just so it supports your weight and yeah it turned out awesome <laughs> what made you come up with that that you saw it somewhere else or you were just like this seems like a great idea um yeah just yeah, I, I've definitely seen sort of boner logs or cannons as well as they're, they're known. But um, yeah, I've seen a few around the place and I was like, yeah, I'd love to build one of those. And it just ended up being the perfect location where that was. I was like, oh, here's my opportunity to build one. So mm -hmm. I get into it. And then also from a YouTube perspective, I was like, ah, oh, like I'm trying to build fun features, but features that kind of more unique as well or at mm -hmm. least unique to my channel so it's not just you know building the exact thing, same thing over and over and it keeps um, the viewers a little more interested mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean, obviously. It it kind of like it's like the format of like what Seth did, Seth Bike Hacks or Burn Peak, whatever you want to tell, you know, like what he did on his property or I mean the other Seth, he he's building on his own property too. So I mean it's mm. similar. I mean, obviously it works because yeah. um the what is the other Seth what is his channel called? Um Backyard Trail Builds. That's it. I was going to have yeah. him on the show a long time ago and then something happened and it didn't work out. And I, um, I always forget about his channel and then every once in a while it'll like pop up in my feed and I'm like, Oh yeah. Well, it's he's really gone pretty quiet at the moment. Like he's doing, he just released a video two days ago, but that's kind of the first one in months and he's moved away from the backyard trail builds and he's doing a whole lot more professional builds now. So it means yeah. his video edits, um, yeah, they slowed down a lot, um, oh, which which sucks. I I miss watching those videos. He's so creative. He's such a talented guy. But now yeah, when the yeah. video comes out, you know the feature is going to be banging. Like his woodwork is just incredible. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So the 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 burner one that you you built does like because it in my mind I feel like it ha would have some spring to it. Like, does that mess with you at all when you're riding on it or? No, you know, it's got a tiny bit of a bounce, but at the speed you're huh. hitting it, you don't notice it at all. So you're like, that's like, before it's like recoiling or something, basically. Well, like when I say it's got a bit of a bounce to it, I'm talking, you know, an inch. So uh -huh. that amount yeah, of play, you're really not noticing it. Like you're, you get a lot more play out of your shocks than you do out of the, um, right. you know, out of the suspension than you do out of the, the actual log itself. Uh-huh. You had you had built like what was the first feature that you built up there? The first proper one I built was um, I call it the stump drop. So there was a big old wooden stump just mm -hmm. sticking out of the ground in the middle of the trail. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I could probably turn that into a drop one day. So that ended up being the first proper build where I built like five meter bridge up to it. You just drop off the other side. Um, before that, there was a couple of other small little dirt jumps and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. nothing major. Was that the one where you built like kind of like a you had a name for it like it was like it was a gap but then you like you built like a little bridge in the gap a chicken first. bridge yeah. yeah yeah that was it okay. yeah it was a while ago now but um yeah it's it's always interesting when you're building your own features um the whole time i was building it's like oh i've got this i can hit this no worries like easy easy mm -hmm. easy and then it comes time to riding it it's just been building up in your head and you're like nobody has ever ridden this before like what's the speed how am i supposed to hit it and so just kind of got a bit scared a bit nervous packing my dax there yeah. but um so i built myself yeah what i call the chicken bridge which is just a removable down ramp for it um yeah and it's actually i'm really happy that i did that because it's made the trail so much more accessible for everyone that comes and rides it now you know they can I can we can just drop that into place and if they're not very you know um confident at jumps oh it drops we've got that yeah. there they can just start to build up and up and then you know before they know it they're actually hitting a gap we've removed the chicken bridge and away we go yeah yeah no that when i saw it i was like dude that's really rad and i thought that was really cool that you could remove it as well so like i totally relate with you man i'm not real big on jumping but um to have something like that where it can build your your confidence i rode in this place in southern california not too long ago 
I'm actually working on editing the video right now. And um, all of the drops like have that kind of thing built into them. So it's yeah, like, yeah. it's not removable. They're just there, you know? And so <laughs> like at first, you know, when, whenever I would come, when I got there in the morning, it was like, I would come up to features and I would kind of like slow down and go around the side of them. And then I noticed it's like, no, they all have uh, the ability to roll, roll you yeah. know? And then at that, you know, by, you know, then the next time you go down you're like, okay, well I can just send it. And if I, it doesn't feel good, then I'm not going to like fall into some hole you know like yeah. so yeah. it's good you know so yeah that's good for like you, building building confidence you know yeah do you think it takes away from the feature at all i mean i guess it takes away from the gnarliness and the extreme of mountain biking but i think there's two parts to it i think on one hand it doesn't change the way that it rides like like yeah. you jump over it you know what i mean so, yeah. yeah yeah so you're still like flying through the air the same amount of space and whatever but i think there is something to say you know for the actual gap to be there you know what i mean because it's yeah. like yeah no i actually have to make this like i can't like yeah. accidentally not you know yeah definitely no i'm the same i think yeah Hitting, hitting it when there's a, a gap there is a lot more gnarly and I can, you probably feel a lot better about myself. Uh, it's a lot more challenging. And so I love that. Yeah. But then also having those progressive trails there where they do have the down ramps is so good for the sport to, you know, yeah. getting everyone progressing in a safe manner, right? Like, yeah. I've hit some pretty big tables and, and like, like nailed them, you know, like I'm like right on dude. And that's like super exciting like like 20 foot you know so it's like yeah. that's like no joke you know but man yeah, you dig it. a hole in the middle of that thing and i am not <laughs> going anywhere that. near it dude you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous yeah it's so weird it's like such a weird mental thing but you know that well, it, that's it. I, yeah the fear for me is like like the consequences of how long i can't ride if i get hurt that's really what it comes down to for a long time i didn't like i always trusted my skill set and i like really was confident in that and at one point i had a, a failure on my bike that caused me to separate my shoulder and i couldn't ride for like six months and um that was horrible because this is like my my therapy you know and yeah. i didn't have another yeah. therapy my my only other therapy was like get drunk and that doesn't apparently like work very well. So <laughs> it's not the healthiest option, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's like it feels good at the time but then like not always, you know. So like <laughs> Yeah. So uh yeah, I just and so like after that I was just really um really cautious, you know. And so the last couple of years I I've definitely got back to you know, pushing the limits more, but I still have that, you know, I don't want to be hurt. I don't, and it's like, not because I'm worried about not being able to work or it really comes down to just not being able to ride. And I know I go crazy if I don't have that kind of like that outlet, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm, I, I push myself, you know, very slowly. I'm, I'm the same. I don't want to get hurt. And 
I, because I'm my own boss, like I run my own design business, you know, if I break my hands or wrists or something like, oh, shit, I've got no money. I've got no income coming in. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's, it's definitely something to think about. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty tame rider and mm-hmm. usually push myself just, just in small amounts to so slow progression. And I'm happy with it. I'm having a great time out there. I mean, I'm not I think for a guy, for a guy that's only been riding for a couple of years, I feel like you're, 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 you're doing a lot more than a lot of guys that have been riding for a lot, long, a lot longer. So, awesome. I mean, you're hitting gaps and big drops and, like you have that skinny that goes over Leech Leech River or whatever you yeah, want to call it. Yeah, the Leech Creek. Yeah. yeah, that's. I mean, that's still nerve wracking every time I ride over that. But I guess that one actually. That was one where people in the comments are like, "This isn't skinny." I mean, because I put it up on Reddit, and yeah, there was some interesting comments on that. There was there was two groups of people. Ones are like that's not skinny. And then the other group is like, that's insane. Like that's way too skinny. What are you doing? Um, (laughs) (laughs) For me, it was, it's wide enough to ride along if it was straight on, but I built it. So it's got this kind of awkward turn onto it, which was always the plan Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like a squirrel catcher Mm -hmm. that really stops anyone that doesn't have the skills to actually be riding across something that has a high drop either side. Um, from yeah. even getting into that trouble in the first place. So that's what actually makes it the hardest. If you could just ride straight onto it, anyone could probably ride it with not much yeah. trouble at all. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely building stuff that sort of challenges myself. And I guess it's easy to progress when you do have these features in your backyard. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's fun to build like um, challenging things. So yeah. we... The trail that I, I helped build over COVID, like it had some features in it where like when we were building it, I was like, this is stupid. Like I'm, this is really dumb. There, this doesn't, we should not be riding this, you know? And, but once you get it done, you're like, well, we have to ride it before we can let other people yeah. ride it. Like it's like we built it and it's like, <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'm going to do it. But it really like helped, uh, you know, really helped my make my skill set, you know, stronger. And, mm. and even now it's like, okay, and now we're building another trail and it's got more stupid stuff on it that I'm going to have to do. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> no hopefully idea. it works yeah. out. That's always yeah. getting bigger and bigger, doesn't it? As you go. Yeah. That's the thing that that's, um, you know, for a, a good period of, of my cycling history, like I didn't really care about progressing. Like it was just like, I'm fine with where I'm at. Just go out, have fun and ride these trails. And as long Mm -hmm. as I can ride, you know, X amount of miles with X amount of elevation, like that's good enough. And, um, I was fine with that for that period of time, but now I'm definitely in a more of a, uh, like progression kind of phase. And the thing with that is, is like the better you get, like the more you progress that way, the higher your opportunity for failure becomes, you know what I mean? Like the risk gets worse. So I had a a cousin I was talking to the other day on the phone about mountain biking. He's like, man, I just don't want to get like super injured. So I don't know if I want to get into it. And I'm like, look, dude, if you're just riding regular trails and like 
doing like being normal. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're not going to get hurt. Like the worst thing you're going to do is take a bunch of skin off. Or or anything. Yeah. yeah. You might, maybe, maybe you could break, break your arm or something like that. If you fell in some weird rock or something yeah. like that. But I was like, dude, for the most part, you're, you're going to be completely fine. I was like, on the other hand, you start doing drops and, and like just stupid technical stuff at speed. It's okay. Now you're in a, you're in a different zone now, you know, like, which is always how it is. That's how it progresses. You, you get addicted to mountain biking and you just, you're just slowly pushing yourself, whether you're realizing you're progressing or not. You just like, you know what? I think I could hit that drop now, or I reckon I could yeah. pop over those rocks. And I guess yeah. that's, that's what I love that adrenaline rush that sort of comes yeah. with it. Do you have a full face helmet? Yeah. Yeah. I tend so to like ride that. Me? Yeah. Go, go ahead. Right. I tend to ride with a full face as much as possible now. Um, unless I'm doing a lot of climbing or something and it's a pretty cross country trail, but yeah, I don't know. I follow sort of crash reels on Instagram and you know, people <laughs> just smashing their face on trees and it's like, ah, oh, screw it. I'll just wear a full face. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I need to get into that zone, man. The problem is I've been riding bikes for so long. It's like, Oh, when I first got a full face, it, in my mind, I was always like, oh, I'm going to wear this for when it's serious, you know? Yeah. But then I would be like on some trail that I'm doing 30 miles an hour down some freaking, you know, rocky section or 25 miles an hour. You know what I mean? It's like just cooking with a half yeah. shell. And I'm like, why am I doing that? Oh, because I've always ridden this trail in a half shell. So like, I'm fine, right? Yeah. You know, and the realism is like, like what you just said, it's like you you screw up and you hit a tree at that speed and you're you're freaking dead, you know. <laughs> like, so yeah, I've got it, so I might as well wear it. And um, one of the things that sort of stopped me at first was I didn't want to be that guy wearing the full face out on the hill and people be like, "Wow, like this guy must be the shredder." He's like, "No, it's actually just my second week on the bike." But <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then I just sort of realized, like, hey, this is it's my safety. I don't really care. Yeah. If you think I'm an idiot for wearing a full face, whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. But um, you know, and and you know, that's always in my head. The reality is, no one's looking at you. Nobody, nobody cares anyway. Yeah, <laughs> nobody gives there. a shit. And the people that are yeah. going to be judgy, like you, don't really give a shit about what their opinion. No, is that's anyway. it. And like, actually, I don't, I don't care. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, 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 hundred percent, man. I um, I really need to get better at it. I've definitely, I, I'm slowly getting better at it. The one thing I can say is, I like wearing goggles more than wearing glasses by a long shot. <laughs> yeah, I don't have They're, goggles. I need to. I need to invest in some goggles. Yeah, yeah. I don't even wear glasses. Some. Like, I'm I'm just out there freeballing. Some eyes are sort of sweating and bugs <laughs> yeah. are flying into my eyes and stuff. And every time that happens, I'm like, Fuck, I need goggles. And then straight away, another bug's in the eye. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get around to it one day. That's funny, man. Yeah, um, it like for I'm one of those guys that like sweats a ton. So the goggles like really do a good job. Uh, like they they don't like you don't sweat over your glasses then. So, um, yeah like constantly with glasses i'm like always have to take them off and like wipe them off because i've like got some big sweat drip that came down the middle of it or something yeah, like right. that so um but 
I really enjoy it for that reason, but I don't know. Overall, I've definitely gotten better. Like if we're doing a shuttle day, even on our local trails, I'm like, okay, dude, we're just going downhill. I'm wearing the full face. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting better at it, but I really wish that I, I feel like I need to make more of an effort to get better than I already am. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm thinking now as well, there's a lot of time when I'll be out digging on the trail. So you'll see in my videos, there is a lot of them that I have. I'm doing the test rides in just my half shell. Mm-hmm. But that is like I'm riding 20 meters of trail and just yeah, practicing yeah. or something. As soon as it's like, all right, I'm hitting this drop and or something, I'm actually testing mm-hmm. the feature. Yeah, I take the I take the full face out. Yeah. Mm. Did you so the the feature that you did on the the bikes online video for I'm gonna explain it to people. It's basically you like you come in to this berm and as you're going to the berm, the berm is actually doing like a 360 degree circle and then you're jumping over the trail that you came into on. So um, that one, at least on the video, when I watched it, you didn't use the, a chicken ramp that you just maybe not include that <laughs> in the, the video or you actually just you can't like it. just had to send it like the... Um... Because the drop on it is it's probably about shoulder height as you ride by. So mm-hmm. if there was a chicken bridge there, the chicken ran. Oh, you can ride by. Yeah. You, you can ride by it, right? So I was there and like, oh, crap, I've got to hit this for the first time just and just go for it. But so it was a similar you size. Out your speed, though? Well, that was a challenging <laughs> part because the feature evolved. And editing that video was a tricky one because it was actually, it ended up being... I think it was 24 days to build or something. So uh-huh. what was the original plan in the first part was just that sort of 360 degree loop. I always wanted a trail gap, but it was just going to be like a little, just a little kicker that launched you over it. Um, so Yeah, like, like it wouldn't be that big, like a little three footer or something like that. Yeah. yeah but then um, as I was like halfway through it, I was like, you know what? I could build a really nice wooden drop here as well. And that would just look epic. And so I did, and then obviously with the bigger drop, I needed a whole lot more speed. So then the berm had to get much taller and it ended up being like, it's sort of like a meter, or like three or four feet tall in places that mm-hmm. berm. So you could really just rail it. And it's it was coming into it at full speed, um, just making sure that I had enough to, to clear that gap again. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would just run up on it and be like, ah, this doesn't feel right. Cause you have to run up it at speed to feel comfortable that you think you can make it, but also be able to have enough time to stop before you accidentally well, that fall was off. The the That's what was so challenging is like doing speed tests. And like I was doing them, I didn't show too many in the video, but every day I was out there. I mean, it was already so fun to ride just having a loop without the drop. So I was, I was riding yeah. it and practicing, but it got much better at the turns and stuff. And honestly, for so long there, Right up, up until the very end, I was like, this feature isn't going to work. I thought I was going to have to rip out the whole, the wooden section of it and turn it into sort of a downhill kicker again or something. Uh-huh. Um, but I just built it up taller and taller. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, so doing the actual speed tests was really tricky because at the tightest part of the turn, which was up the top, is where you need to start braking. So you stop in time for the actual feature. And so you're at like 12 o'clock and then you, you have to jam on the brakes before you get to three. And pretty you're much. You're slow, yeah. So you're slowing yeah. down and then, 
but that's and so those really hard because it's like well i'm not even facing the actual drop at this point so it's so hard to gauge the speed that i had and whether it was going to be enough and then you'd also be picking gaining speed coming out of that corner downhill towards the drop mm -hmm. so it was just like i don't know I, eventually i was flying around the corner and breaking at the top of it and i was like i think i think this is enough i just have yeah. to send it how did you get the like the circumference of the circle like you just eyeballed it initially and like eyeballed it you're yeah. like this you feel like this will work i mean that, that to me i do all my stuff where... just eyeballing it yeah yeah so you just kind of winged it and i knew like just from experience as well i know i knew it was going to be a tight burn um mm -hmm. even though like it, the thing's massive but for the speed that you have i was like this is going to be tight it's going to be, need to be tall and it's going to need to be steep um you can see like i i pushed it right out there's a tree that's kind of growing up in the middle of it so you ride across yeah the base of a tree in one part um so really couldn't get any bigger circumference or radius than than what it is and i was like well i just have to make it work in this spot and that's that's what i've got to deal with um but i knew that it was going to have to be big so i'd selected the spot um i saw that, that tree like and i was wondering to myself why you didn't cut it down like in my mind i was like why is it why do you like you know <laughs> I tried to have the least amount of impact on the natural environment out there as possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it works. It's cool that it's there. Yeah. Like, it, that, that I know. I guess cool. it adds to the feature and stuff. So, I mean, there, there have been some smaller trees that I've removed for the sake of the trail, but I tried to do mm -hmm. um, as little as that as possible. So, there's, there's ones where yeah. there's dead trees and stuff. And so I'll remove those um, uh -huh. and build something out of it. But um, at least, because I'm working with wood as well, um, I know that if I do end up cutting down a tree at some point, none of that's going mm -hmm. to waste. Like I'll be building something epic out of it as well. Yeah. What's your dirt like there? Because when I'm looking at the videos, I mean, those that berm or you know some of the other stuff that you built, like it looks like it's packed really well. Like it's it looks like a bike park. I mean, it, and um some places dirt doesn't do that very well you know yeah no i'm fortunate so the the top level we've got about a foot of just this really dry sandy dusty stuff so that actually mm -hmm. drains well um and then underneath that is a nice level of clay pretty much over the well everywhere i've dug so far mm -hmm. um, and that, that clay has a mixture of um sandstone in it as well so in some places it's just set like concrete yeah so once you dig that up and you kind of mix it you know it kind of gets mixed up once you dig it up and then you pack it in it's like yeah it's, it's, it's pretty good you can see like so some of the older berms that i built out of that stuff um like we've just had we've had ridiculous amounts of rain down here recently um and so some of the berms have copped an absolute beating and you can see like lots of it's lots of dirt has washed off the top um mm -hmm. which is just expected over time but there's some where um they got a real good pack in from a lot of riding and where all the the tire tread is that almost looks untouched whereas the stuff that hasn't been packed in as much you can see a lot of that sort of eroded away so the new corkscrew berm um because there was severe storms during the build of that it copped mm -hmm. a being early days, so I'll probably have to go out and kind of 
reshape it a bit. I mean, it, there's still so much dirt there that it's fine, but it's um, yeah, maybe not just as nice as and sharp and clean as I would have liked it to be. But you know, yeah, that's trail building. That's weather. Does it does it rain there all year, or like, what do you get snow where you're at? Does Australia we don't get much snow at all anywhere. Um, there's there's like the Snowy Mountains National Park, and that's kind of like a really small section of mountains. Um, is that where you would go no, skiing? Or I was like, wait a minute, I thought you yeah. said you skied. <laughs> okay. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of, we've got like sort of five ski resorts or something. Um, okay. And they're not, they're, they're about three hours away from me, but I'm on the coast. So that's a little bit further inland. Mm-hmm. Um, rain, it's Australia. Like we're, we're usually in drought, but um, things have flipped for the last two years. It's like, El Nino or El Nino, which yeah, yeah. I know is the weather pattern. So we've we've had last year was a really wet summer. Um, and it looks like it's gonna be the same again. Winter mm-hmm. was not too bad here. We didn't get all that much rain, but mm-hmm. I mean, it was only sort of three years ago that all of Australia was on fire. So I much prefer yeah. the, the rains. <laughs> yeah, no, honey. Yeah. yeah, no, I I understand where you're coming from there. California does the same thing. We just burn all the time. So yeah yeah crazy wildfires yeah yeah fortunately this year i mean there were a handful of them but it wasn't as many in the area like close to where i live so that was nice because last year it was like it felt like every fire that started was just taking out another trail system you were like really like what is going to be left you know it was kind of depressing yeah no it's pretty Um, yeah heavy days fortunately there there's a lot of really good trail trail advocacy groups out here that can get to building mm-hmm. really quick and they got a lot of things opened back up i was surprised how quickly they they made it happen that's awesome Everyone your... working together for it yeah yeah you know like i um i didn't know how what's the word i'm looking for like how good it felt to like tra- like build trails until I actually built trails. You know, like the first couple of times that I had went out and and did some like trail work, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I feel like I did my part. You know, pat myself on the back. You know, like right on. You you helped. Okay, you're good for another year. You know, <laughs> like. But <laughs> then once I, you. right, right. But then once I started like actually like building to go out and build something from scratch and then like ride it and adjust it and fix it and then it just becomes like this passion where like for us most of the time like in california it's so dry so you don't really build in the summertime and mm. so it's like this time of year right now it starts raining you're like sweet i'm at it you know and like during the summer i'm like this winter i'm just gonna ride screw that building you know and then like as soon as it happened like the rain comes it's like well let's go work on this one thing real quick and it's like <laughs> one time out there on the trail and you're you're sucked right back in again you're like all yeah, right this is all i want to do now <laughs> you're addicted it's so yeah. good. like it's the best feeling just riding your own features as well or or seeing inviting my friends down and seeing them see the trail for the first time and riding it and it's like this is insane like that's a great yeah. feeling chasing chasing my mates down the trail nothing yeah. beats that yeah it's really fun for me to like see the people on like strava or whatever that are riding it and you're like 
to see like some of the times that people have and you're like that's just freaking crazy like how fast they're going or or just like the pure like like man there's like a couple hundred people that have like ridden this thing and they're like super mm. like they're stoked about it you know they had a good time or yeah. whatever and yeah like that feels cool you know yes so. that's that's where I'm at, like, because this is just private property, backyard. It's actually right. my dad's property, and I rent one of the houses off it. So we can't exactly have the public come out there or anything, but that's kind of what I want to do in the future. I'd love to be able to, you know, if the YouTube channel channel grows big enough and say I'm actually earning a living out of producing these videos, mm -hmm. is to go to, like, a local mountain bike club and... Be like I want to, you know, spend the next couple of months doing exactly what I've done on my property, but doing it here for the public. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then people can actually, like, once the trail opens, everyone can come ride it, and I reckon that will just be the best feeling. Legally, What's it like I'm not in sure Australia? How like, is Australia pretty like, like, liberal or cool with building trails, or are they kind of like? it's a real pain in the ass to make it happen. Like what's the, what's the kind of the government stance on it? Um, well, I'm not probably not the best person to ask. Cause yeah, I've never professionally mm -hmm. undertaken a project like that or anything. I think like, yeah, it's very frowned upon to be out there making illegal trails if the council finds out. You know, they're always knocking down jumps and stuff like that. Um, but there yeah, are that's, these... I mean, that's, that's pretty that's pretty typical. But, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, exactly in California, but, like, generally speaking in California, it's really hard to get things approved. So I think that's... Yeah, um, there's always so many, so much red tape that you have to go through to get it properly. Yeah. Is it I like hear that, that it's easier... Yeah, I hear that it's easy to just like, just go build your trail first. I mean, and this is not my advice to anyone listening, but go build yes, your yeah. trail first and then go to council and be like, well, look, all these people are already using it. You may as well approve it now. Yeah, um, kind of like grandfathered in, yeah. Yeah, but it sort of depends on, you know, location because we've got a, a national parks down here and there's been a big push. A lot of stuff has sort of gone through with building proper bike parks or not even bike parks, but bike trails within national parks. And so they're... Mm -hmm. They're taking that on and getting the bicycle community involved in that. But um, the the government is investing a lot of money into new trails and new bike parks properly being built, um, mm -hmm. which is awesome. I'm just not sure about, you know, say if you opened up a new mountain bike club and how, how easy it is to then go to your yeah. local council and get them involved. And it, it will definitely change um, from location to location, town to town. Do you guys have like a bunch of, of multi-use trails or is it just like a bunch of like mountain bike specific or bike specific trails or is it like anything Mostly, that was a hiking trail you can ride on? Um, there would be multi-use trails around. I'm trying to think. I mean, most of the, I think most of the hiking trails would probably just be hiking trails and then we've got bike yeah. dedicated trails. Oh, um, I see. But where I started riding, they were all illegal trails. It's all illegal networks yeah. and stuff. So no one's really meant to be on them. Um, yeah. But they're definite. They're, it was steep downhill stuff. So there'll be a, the occasional runner or something, a walker on it. But they were yeah. definitely out of place there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But where the rubber being is, the downside is that, like the poach stuff, the illegal stuff is usually like the really fun riding. (laughs) You know, that's like that's that's the downside. It's like because they are not building sustainably. That's what actually makes it really fun. You know, so it's like a catch twenty two, right? Yeah, we've been there's some really um, big companies and stuff over here that are doing some pretty awesome builds. I mean, but yeah, you do, I see all the time, everyone's complaining about all the new machine built flow trails and it's sort of getting rid of tech, but there's there's still some tech trails getting built out here and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited. In my area, there's not too many, there's not actually any proper like major mountain bike networks, but we've had sort of $12 million being invested. So early i think it's sort of april next year there should be two decent sized bike parks opening within an hours drive of my so mm-hmm. i'm really pumped for that and they're they're building apparently they're building a good mix of flow and technical downhill trails as well and cross country as well so yeah, yeah. no it's pretty good i mean it's the scene's definitely blowing up down here and i assume it's it's everywhere but i think the government and council are realizing that you know mountain bikers generally have a fair bit of uh, disposable money and, and yeah. you get them traveling to town, they're going to bring, you know, a bit of money with them. So, yeah. It's a win-win. Yeah. I think some, some places are catching on. I think as more time goes by, that'll continue to happen. But um, as cities see other cities, you know, be revived or, you know, have this huge steady income from, from people doing the sport, it'll, It'll just continue, you know? So yeah, it, it is interesting though, in some places where they're just like completely like, nope. It's like, you gotta be kidding me, man. You know? Yeah. The fun police. Yeah. Right. It, it's just, um, yeah. Like Santa Cruz, for example, they have the university of, uh, of California, Santa Cruz campus has like, trails that are in magazines and they're all illegal you know and uh and and it's like hundreds of cars parked there like every weekend you know and like mountain bikers everywhere so you know like that that economy there is like there's probably two million dollars like spent in that city every weekend just from people like getting gas and food and whatever, you know, like people do when they're in your town, you know? And, uh, but, but all those trails are illegal. You know, it's like, it's just. Right. Do they, do they try and police it at all? Or they're just like, well, they're illegal. Every once in a while, like like for the most part, they're like looking the other direction. Right. Like, cause it's, it's, it's like, it's obvious. Like you, you could say like, oh, those cars that are parked in that parking lot, they're all hiking the the hiking trail that's there. But it's like, no, <laughs> every one of those cars has a roof rack or a tailgate pad on. <laughs> like, like yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> they're not here for hiking, you know. So, um, so you get what I'm saying. So it, those things, they just seem like such a no brainer. Like, yeah, come on, cancel. Like. Who's the old fuddy dud that just hates biking or whatever and just is, yeah. has this outdated mentality? Like, get them yeah. out of council. 
Yeah, who knows what it is? You know, it's probably some like red belly tree frog that they're like, no, you're going to screw up the the habitat. It's not going to stay alive. You're like, dude, they've been riding bikes there for like 30 or 40 years. The frog's still there. Yeah, yeah, who knows, right? I'm I'm proud of that. But also then making it legal, like if if you turn those trails legal and you actually get people building them properly, it's way more better for the the red tree frog or whatever you call it. Yeah. Like you can Yeah. Yeah. I just like, made up that okay. animal too. That made yes. yeah, no, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it's it's no, there that's a very good point. You know, um I think that then you can build stuff that is sustainable and you can build stuff that's sustainable mm. and fun too. You know, it, it like like you can actually make some pretty sick trails that are sustainable it's it's just a matter of like just doing it properly and when you have like a handful of jokers out there with a you know a a mcleod and a and a handsaw you're not going to get sustainable you know like (laughs) that's just not the way it works out you know (laughs) but uh yeah it's 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 very interesting seeing the sport grow in the manner that it has over the last to be honest like the last like 15 years probably where it's just um it's definitely really really changed and i think you know in the more near history you know just like since covid where like, think about it this way. Like, 10 years ago, you never saw, like, a Toyota truck commercial with them having mountain bikes over the tailgate. Yeah, right. You, you, you know what yeah. I mean? And, like, that's, like, an ad now. It's like, oh, there's a Subaru. It has mountain bikes on the rat roof rack. You, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, selling the lifestyle, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, that tells you something. Like, they're like, oh, you know, back then it was like, hey, look, here's a tent right next to their car. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's what the people that buy that car do. They go tenting, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, but now, now they're like, they're catching on. So yeah, it, it's interesting. It, do you think it's a bubble it, that could burst? You know, this is the thing. I was thinking about that earlier as we were talking. And um, the thing for me that I, that I don't think so is just because it's bikes and bikes have been around now for so long right and Mm. and you think if they were like not somehow appealing to people that like i feel like they would have lost their like coolness by now you you know what i mean like 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 there would have been some new thing where people were like ah screw these things We're, we're going with the the one wheel skateboards now you know like and uh it seems like bikes have been along or around just for so long and they're like so practical in so many different ways. And it's a skill that so many people, like most people, I I wonder what the, the, like the percentage is. I bet you it's like 90% of people know how to ride a bike. You know what I mean? Like it's gotta be. I reckon you might be, you probably, it would be high, but I reckon you might be surprised. Like yeah. I can remember, I've worked with a few people and like, yeah, I don't know how to ride a bike. Or they were like, I was 17 years old teaching myself how to ride a bike out in the car park and stuff. And, you know, yeah. I could ride a bike from the time I could walk. So that sort of just blew my mind. But yeah, it blows my mind too. My daughter has a, my daughter's in college. She has a friend that doesn't know how to ride a bike. And we keep joking around about making a, a video on my channel of me teaching her how to ride bikes. 
Yeah, you should do that. Yeah, I feel like she has to be 21 first, though, because like a good part of riding bikes to me is drinking beer. So I'm like, well, <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden I got in trouble for supporting underage drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just bring it to Australia. We're allowed to drink at 18. So. Oh, there you go. Sweet. Now, now, now I need a budget. Everybody that's not on Patreon, get on there so we can go to Australia. Yeah, yeah, I have to start a new hashtag. I recently um, went to Jamaica and rode. That was super fun. And uh, it definitely has given me the bug to like go to other countries and ride. Yeah, that would have been awesome. I haven't, because I got into it right at the start of COVID. So then travel was all out. Um, and then during COVID, I started building my mountain bike trail. And then I moved down there and really stopped working all that much because i mean the trail and youtube just takes up so much of my time so yeah i didn't have too much time to be earning a lot of money so then now i'm broke and i can't travel which yeah. is fine i'm just riding these bikes here but it just means that there's so many places even just within australia that i've never got to explore yet or ride so there's there's a yeah. long list of places i want to go check out um even yeah before so i get over these do you want to keep your content like as like building content only, or do you want to do like ride content too? Or what, what do you, what are your plans for the channel? Um, realistically, like I love the building content and mm -hmm. that's, that's yeah really what I'm drawn to. But realistically, I think if I want to actually be able to do this full time, I'm probably going to need to have some filler content in between um the builds which would have to be writing content or something you know something along those lines so um i'm toying with the idea now like i've got i've got the marine bike so i can do um maybe a bike review type thing and actually get out there and show some of the other trails around me but i am sort of limited to um the number of trails that are available that i feel that would do well on youtube at the moment that's sort of within yeah. close driving range and also so this my... is what i this is what i say to people every time that they tell me something like that is yeah. seth started his channel where there's not even a fucking hill right exactly, <laughs> exactly. that's so it like, it's just making excuses for myself and because uh, i was like you know exactly that and then also like well I don't feel like I'm good enough rider for anybody to watch, but but that doesn't people matter. Like, no, exactly. Especially yeah. in the comments and stuff, and people are like, "I love that I can relate to you riding, and you're showing the stuff where, you know, I am chickening out of hitting drops, and I, and yeah. I show the raw stuff. I'm, I'm not trying to be like, hey, look, I'm a professional rider. That's awesome. It's like no, and and yeah. people really come along for that progression in my riding as well. So yeah. there's been a bunch of comments that are like, dude, you should do some riding videos. We'd love to watch that. Yeah, so I mean, you could a, do a video on you yeah. trying to learn how to 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 do a wheelie, or you trying to learn how to do a manual, or like there there's a ton of stuff that way. Or you like figuring out how to fix some component or something. You know, like there's yeah. a ton of content out there that doesn't have to be trails, and that can yeah. be like really like entertaining or really inspiring or whatever. You know, like that's the one thing because I, I do the same thing as you, man. Don't like. Like I, I'm not, I'm good at giving advice, not good at like taking my own as well though, you know, just like yeah. every other person. So yeah, I definitely do the same thing where I'm like, well, I don't know what I would make. And then it's like, I think about it and I'm like 
I give myself the Seth answer. It's like, dude, that guy like started one of the biggest like mountain bike channels in like a, a state that's like flat that doesn't really even like have mountain biking, you know, it's like, yeah. So, so obviously yeah. like you can like, that's the, like, that's the proof that you, you just got to be creative exactly. with what you come up with. And, and people like people are there for your personality and stuff. Yeah. it's not just, yeah. Like it's been, really I think good. You've got a, really got a great community as well. My community seems pretty strong. Like all my videos get a lot of engagement and comments and feedback and this and that. Um, mm -hmm. I think like once you've got those people, you know, invested in your channel, they're they're willing to watch almost anything. They're like, all right, cool. Well, as long as you yeah. make it entertaining for us, we'll watch it. Yeah. Well, I think you also don't have a lot of creators in in Australia, so like mountain bike creators. Yeah, there's um, no, we don't, we really don't have any big ones. We don't have yeah. any, I don't think we've actually got any people that are doing mountain bike YouTube full time, um, mm -hmm. which, um, but like there are a lot of small ones. Um, I'm not sure whether the market here is big enough to support an Aussie mountain bike YouTuber. Um, I think it is because you can yeah. still get people from all over the whole world. But well, see, that's, you'll have, that's the but you'll have though, people. Go ahead. That's uh, that's what I found the challenge. I mean, for me, it's easy. Like I've I've got a bigger audience in America than I have in Australia because that's just through the trail building stuff. But the challenge for the other um, Aussie mountain bikers and stuff. So um, I'm not sure if you know of Froth. He's he's become a good mate. He's he's a yeah, really, I see him um, on the comments. He, he's yeah, the yeah, he loves it. He was the one who's like. Um, He's like, dude, you have to do the podcast. Get on there. Like, you're insane. I was like, all right, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. So um, he, he's he got a really good channel and stuff, but he's struggling to break out of that um, Australian audience as well, mm -hmm. um, which can come right down to sort of thumbnails and titles. Like, there's different approaches that you can do. Um, yeah. Because maybe to some American kid who's watching, it's like, oh well, I'm never going. To, I'm not going to Australia, so I don't really care what that trail looks like. It's like, all right, well, if he packages it differently, then there's possibility that people all over the world will watch it. It doesn't necessarily. I think about that like, all the time. I watch though. so much overseas. Like it doesn't. Yeah. I know heaps of trails in America that I'm, I'll probably never get to, but I love watching the, the content. So it's just yeah, packaging it and 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 starting to build that audience. Yeah. Cause like, even for me, like I ride a lot of my local trails over and over and over again in my videos. And there's plenty of people in like Minnesota and New Hampshire and Singapore that are watching me ride this trail that is not yeah. even like a trail that they're like, Oh, I, I'm going to fly to to California so I could ride Auburn. You know, like they don't give a shit yeah. about that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> So like, it's really yeah. just the, it's the story or it's the, the like the personality of the person so i think you nailed it though when you said the thumbnail stuff too like that's the the way i mean what i always tell people is like your thumbnail is that's like your pickup line you know and if if you don't have a good pickup line you're you're, you're gonna go home alone you know <laughs> like that's your first yeah, that, that was like one of the, the biggest things learning for me like coming to youtube was doesn't matter how good your video is if nobody clicks on that thumbnail then doesn't matter so i've been i've done like deep dives into trying to learn thumbnails and and work out yeah. what works 
especially coming from a graphic design background, you got to throw so much of the learning. Like you, you can design a thumbnail that looks nice, but it's not going to earn a click. Yeah. And so that's, you know, that's, that's been the challenge, just trying to work out sort of how to earn that click, which the is what's happening. The, the, okay. the corkscrew, the thumbnail for the corkscrew trail is just freaking dialed. Like you can, yeah, like it the, just the, looks the, so the, rad. Yeah. You're like, oh, I need to click on that. You know, like, yeah. I want to see what's and going on. Here. I knew building it was like, this is going to be a thumbnail that will blow up the channel. So yeah. I'm glad that yeah. it's, it's sort of worked that way, but I, I've I've sort of stuffed up. Well, I'm not sure whether I've stuffed up, but it's um because I used that thumbnail for the bicycles online video, which is kind of a trail tour. I don't even actually ride the corkscrew in that video because it wasn't finished. Right. And then I've got the build episode, which is it's almost an identical thumbnail, and mm -hmm. so I'm not sure. Like the thumbnail originally worked really well, and it's working really well for my channel. But I'm not sure whether it could be working even better if it was a different angle of the feature with me riding it. Um, you know, because I think there's definitely can, can be some confusion because it's had the bicycles online videos now had over 130,000 views. Mm -hmm. um, so then my video that came out two weeks later with almost an identical thumbnail is being served to those same people. At a glance, they're just like, oh, I've seen that video and keep going. Yeah. And when in reality, it's actually a completely new build video and the one like a direct follow-up from that video I was like well now i'm writing this feature so check it out yeah because the 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 one on bicycles was it bicycle bike bikes online that bikes is online. like you're building it so the other one on your channel is just you riding it no so the the bikes online one is um it's really in it's kind of like a 10 minute long channel trailer. So everything, uh, it, it showcases all the major builds that I've done so far and then has mm -hmm. a top to bottom um, trail run at the end of the video, uh -huh. which I also introduce the the corkscrew feature. Um, That's at the what end it is. Of the okay, yeah, 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 okay. But it, it, was, it was after a lot of rain, the speed wasn't there, so I couldn't hit it, which kind yeah. of worked out perfect because it's like, it was a way then to get people like, well, I need to see him hit this amazing feature because it looks pretty gnarly. There's trees everywhere. I feel, yeah, I mean, it worked because that that's what happened for me. Like I watched that, I, I think they're like pushing ads or something like that. I watched the video because the thumbnail was sick. I clicked on it, then I watched it and, and then um, it was entertaining. And then when I got to the end of it, you were like, oh, this feature's not done. So then it's like, yeah. okay, well, you're like, hey, but if you want to check out my channel over here and yeah. I'm like, well, shit right there, all I got to do is click it, you know, and boom, that yeah. like next thing you know, I was at your channel. So no, it really worked out well. So, but I wouldn't, I do, I do think what you're saying about the thumbnail being so close for the other, like the video on your channel. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe another angle, you know. I've been out there. I've been trying to take photos and I keep coming back. I'm editing them in Photoshop and it's like, it just doesn't pop the same way as that photo in that other thumbnail does. But yeah. It, um, what if you use different words on it? Like, like, well, it is different it words. So, yeah. But I mean, I've still, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. mean, it's working really well for my channel. It's been, it's got almost 20,000 views, which is 
yeah you know fifteen thousand more than my next best video so yeah yeah personally for me it's doing well yeah um, it's probably i wish youtube had like an a b like you could you could put yes. two thumbnails up and see like how they go like it, that's that feature has to be coming everybody's you know screaming for it eh? like all the creators it just makes so much sense but I, I don't understand where it's things. There's certain things that companies like for whatever reason, they're just like, screw you guys. We're not doing that. And it's like, it's sure. It's better for them though, as well. Like they get to know, like, um, yeah, they're getting two options and they're like, well, this is the better one. It, you know, it could be the best video ever. And like we say, and nobody's clicking it. And then YouTube's like, oh, well, we won't show it to anyone because nobody's interested. But then if we're giving them two options, that's, you know, twice the chance for that video to go get a lot more views and that's more people than watching, staying on yeah. YouTube and watching YouTube. Like it's it's beneficial for them as well. It's but probably something like this. It's probably like if they give that option, it's going to cost them like $100 million more in storage. Well, that's what I was just going to say. It's like double the bandwidth <laughs> that they need for, for thumbnails yeah. in. It's just like, cause like it, it, yeah, yeah. That's probably what it is. Honestly, now yeah. that I think about it from a, like an IT perspective, it's probably like, yeah, but we have like, you know, 3 trillion videos and yeah. if, you know, X amount are uploaded every day with two thumbnails, this is what we're going to end up with. You know, it's like, nah, it just doesn't but you do it. So it's like, I don't know, it runs, you upload two and after two weeks, whichever is the one that doesn't perform well, just automatically gets deleted. Boom, gone. Yeah, right. So, yeah. There you go. Son of a gun. See, you're a genius, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But thank you. <laughs> what's, what's, your, uh, what's your favorite feature that you've built so far? Oh, it's got to be that latest one, the corkscrew. Yeah. It, do you think to, it's um, always going to be the latest one? No, definitely not. There's, um, like I said, the episode before that, I'm not sure if you watched it. Um, I built like a roller and then what was supposed to be like this little hip type thing, the hip just mm -hmm. didn't work. I mean, it's, it's a lot of my riding skill as well. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I knew ways that I could make it better, but it, it just flopped. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's definitely, it's not always the, the latest feature, but, um, yeah, I think, that's I think how that, I feel about my videos. I always like my last video the most. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always the freshest. It's so good, but um, no, I think it's going to be hard for me to top this. Yeah, this latest build. Um, I mean, I've got some big, crazy ideas. We'll just see when to when they happen and stuff. Uh huh. But it's cool. What are, what the most hectic part about it now is um, is I really need to build. So on the landing, you you're just screaming straight towards two trees that is barely wide enough to get your handlebars through. Um, oh yeah, I was going to ask really you about special. that. Yeah, because the first um, time you hit it, you finally go around the corner. I'm, we're doing spoiler. Hey, spoiler alert, people! We're going <laughs> to screw this video up. But like, so he finally like hits the corkscrew, goes around, freaking jumps the trail. He's super stoked, and then immediately you hear him like, ah! <laughs> like trying not to not to run into some tree. So what's what's I, you said something about putting like a bigger berm down there? Maybe I mean I could see what you're saying. Like if you put a like a right hander, like you could come in with that speed into this berm, and then you wouldn't even be worried about the trees anymore. Yeah. So I mean, even in that video, the plan was to go to the right hand side of those trees. I knew it was always going to be sketchy. 
Um, yeah. But so it's planned because it was, it's a really tight gap between the two trees right in the middle of the landing. But I had more strip speed than expected and it's so loose. So there wasn't, I wasn't washing off much speed. And mm. I was like, well, I'm not going to make this corner. So I just have to pin it between these two trees. And lucky it worked. <laughs> um, but, and and I and because I wanted to get the video out, it's like I can't build the berm now. That's just going to take too long. I want to get this video out, so I'll hit right. it as is. But yeah, so the landing will be. Um, I'm thinking of building it like a big wooden berm that sort of maybe goes a bit vertical into a wall ride that just you can just mac into. You don't need to wash off any speed after the drop, and it just scoops yeah. you around to the left. Oh, that would be. But rad. it's going to require a lot of wood. Yeah. Right. Do you guys have yeah. plenty of like like trees there that you can use or there's been like with all this um with a really wet summer last year and all the rains now like it had been you know we've been in like a 20-year drought or something so mm -hmm. as soon as there was wet ground and some strong winds some really big trees have come down on the property um mm -hmm. so plenty of wood for me to work with and build with uh prepare preparing the wood is what takes the longest so you'll see in some of my videos i've got an alaskan mill and my chainsaw and i'm just mm -hmm. milling the timber um again it's it's heaps different here in australia i'm working with um eucalyptus which is a hardwood um really heavy really dense really strong like it's great to build with and it's rot resistant but it is tough it just the like chainsaw. works the hell out of your chainsaw then huh oh man it, like every three meters i i have to sharpen the chain and, oh, wow. and that's just using the alaskan mill um and it weighs twice as much as cedar like it is it is a heavy wood to deal with yeah, so yeah. um but i have i mean i'm so broke me and dad have just gone halves in a um or my uncle's well we've got gone three ways in a hardwood timber mill Oh, so nice. it's it's over the property i've got to set it up but it means you know i can we can use the tractor drop a log on it full-size log sort of five meters long and mm -hmm. um that should speed up the process of of cutting my own lumber to work with mm -hmm. i mean it's these expensive costs like that that i have to earn so much money out of youtube before this this channel's profitable <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like twenty thousand dollars thirty thousand dollars in debt or something like i i'm yeah. not going on any holidays I'm, I'm eating two minute noodles every meal like this this right. is just my life all my money goes to the channel so yeah <laughs> but I, I wouldn't have it anyway i love it it's awesome yeah yeah the first year when i uh, after i started my channel i was like oh man i'm gonna do my taxes i'm gonna be able to like write off all this like bike stuff and this camera gear and it was a real like real eye-opener when you're adding up all the money that you spend you're like holy crap like wow yeah. <laughs> this is a lot yeah, like I wait a minute I, here I, I had mine up Pretty yeah scared to see how much i've spent <laughs> yeah anyway that's awesome yeah, that's yeah. So, good. So, so you got a patreon though how's that doing yeah, I actually started a Patreon a couple of months ago um, and I didn't really tell anyone about it. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't, I haven't actually ever advertised it. I think it's in, it's in my bio on Instagram and, mm -hmm. and the footer of my videos and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I really haven't been pushing it. I, and I just wanted to add a bunch of content to it. So when I did push it, there was content there. 
mm-hmm. but I actually got my first Patreon subscriber, I think last week or two weeks ago. So there's there's one guy in there checking out my posts, which is cool. Right on. Um, and but really, I do as a designer. Um, I kind of prefer to sell T-shirts. So that's really the route that I've been taking over Patreon because. Um, I feel like my users could get a bit more out of that. Like I, I love designing t-shirts and so I've got an online shop that um, with a print partner in America and Australia. So it, it goes globally um, if anyone wants to buy a t-shirt. Um, so that's kind of how I'm pushing to monetize my stuff a little bit more at the moment, which is cool. There's a, there's a whole bunch of people that have bought shirts from around the world. There are um, lots of different countries and um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's a really good start. So I've been pushing that more than the Patreon side of things, but I guess it's mm-hmm. um, as it grows, I really should start, you know, trying to diversify a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I always think about setting up the um, the YouTube. Like YouTube has like its own kind of Patreon. I forget what they call it, but like yeah, memberships. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I always think, man, I should set that up because at the end of the day, like. Um, it's really hard to get somebody to go to a different site and and sign mm-hmm. up for something. But like, I think the the plus side is, is like if they've ever given a super chat to anybody, like your credit card and all that stuff's already in there, you know? So yeah. it's like, they can just click that button and then boom, they're there, you know? And um, to me, I'm like, I should do it. I really should. I, I think I wouldn't do it with all of the same like kind of features that I do with Patreon, but it would be more like a, like, hey, if you want to support me, like, it's a buck and you get, you know, whatever, a badge next to your name that you're a, a, yeah. a YouTube, whatever they call it, a member or whatever, you know, like, maybe it'll be something like that. But I don't know. It's, there's like so much stuff with a channel that has nothing to do with you making content that you can waste your time on. Right. Yeah. You I know, especially like adding if you do patreon and the youtube memberships like yeah that's that's a whole nother thing that you have to update plus your social media channels and stuff like yeah 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 There's a lot i used it. to post a lot of stuff on my website like every time i posted the video i would do like a um a little different write-up on the trail over there and then i would have like my like GPX file that you could download and a trail map to the area. If you wanted to download, you know, like all this other stuff. And eventually I realized I was like, dude, like I look at my, like my like visitor bandwidth log, whatever you want to call it. Right. And, um, it'd be like, dude, there's like barely anybody coming over here. I'm like spending all this time doing all this extra work for nothing. Like realistically, I need to stop. So I kind of set my website more up. Like now it like it pulls my Instagram feed and it pulls my YouTube feed. And other than that, it's like, yeah, my store's over there. Kind of like what you do. I, I use like a direct mm-hmm. garment printer. So yeah. Yeah. Same. But yeah. Yeah. So, but it's cool though. I mean, then it's all there. The only downside is mm-hmm. I've been trying to think of if there's a way to, cause I noticed that you can add, you can like, YouTube has like the t-shirt, like the plugin where you could like do like Teespring or there's another one, Spreadshop, I think that they use. Yeah. I think there's a way to use a Shopify shop into that. Yeah, that's all I need. Yeah. And so I've been really thinking about doing a Shopify shop 
that is actually getting injected from my director garment thing, you know, mm. so that I could actually get the, so I don't have to have two different things. So it, it would still be my t-shirts that I'm creating, but yeah. being able to get them on YouTube, I think that would be like big. I'm uh, the exact same way. So my website set up, I built it all in um, WooCommerce, so WordPress and that's yeah, what I'm using. I'm using WooCommerce and WordPress is what I'm using. And I use Printful yeah. for my, my direct the garment. So Yeah, right. So I'm using Printify for mine because it's the quality of Printful in Australia was I wasn't happy with. Um, huh. yeah, I've got like a real high standard of. Yeah. No, I'd like to go check them out, honestly, because the, the main reason that I cho chose Printful was there were some certain items that I really wanted. And I couldn't mm. find them on other ones. Like I really wanted, like if I could find, like like they had a really good trucker hat and it wasn't like a flat bill one. So it was like, and then they had like the two-tone ones, like the gray and the black and, and like those, I really wanted those. And I really, but I would love to find one that has like good hats like that. But then also like, there's not many places that have like a good sport shirt, like a wicking shirt. Yeah. Yeah. And, yep. uh, if I could find one that has good hats and a wicking shirt, then I would be really stoked because a lot of people, I think it would be rad. Like a lot of people don't like to wear cotton when they're riding, you know? Mm -hmm. So it'd be rad to be able to like be printing it on, on something that's more like a wicking t-shirt, you know? Yes. Yeah, so it printify. That's what's good about it. Like you can have, you can set it up to multiple shops within that. So Say so you find yeah. a hat that one print provider does and then the shirt that the other one does. My problem with that, I haven't gone that route just because it ends up being two packages that the, like, so one person buys both of those items and then they get two shipments and stuff. I'm yeah. just not sure how logistically that works. And I don't know, they, they yeah. pay twice for shipping. And yeah, that's weird. Huh? Yeah. It's a tough one. But yeah. I mean, yeah, there's definitely possibilities of it. So, the way mine's working at the moment, it's not the smoothest, but it's a good start. And um, yeah. I'll probably end up building myself a Shopify website as well. And I'm I'm actually toying with the idea of um, getting, like investing a chunk of cash and getting a whole bunch of shirts screen printed up. Um, I mean, I, I actually do my own screen printing and stuff as well. It's always sort of been a passion mm -hmm. of mine. But at the scale that I want to do, it's just sort of not not. Yeah. Awesome. I don't have time already, but... Um, I don't yeah. feel like I sell enough shirts to quantify like getting them printed ahead of time. Yeah, like I would um, like to for the quality and I would like to for like, you can place your logos or your designs anywhere, you know, and like hmm. maybe online you can't, you know, if you put a flag on your, on your arm sleeve, you can't get it low enough or at least maybe where yeah. I want it. You, you know what I mean? So like, for sure. yeah, the idea of being able to uh, like get them printed ahead of time. I really like that idea where it's like, Hey, you could put like a little, like something written right under the collar right here, like right next to yeah. the collar, like, you know, yeah. or like along the shoulder or something like that. Like you can't do that with the DTG stuff. So that part is like nice. But on the other hand, I just don't sell that many shirts, but yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. I really do a shitty job telling people about it, you know, like that's, that's always the thing. Hey, like, yeah, if no one knows, they're not buying it. Yeah. And like, I, I, it was like a realization to me the other day 
where I was watching a Seth video, um, Burn Peak, and he was saying like, hey, look at this, here's my new shirt. And, um, you know, you can go pick one up over this link. And, and it's like, I wear my shirts in my videos all the time. And in my head, I just assume that people are like, hey, that says biker on it. They know that it's gonna be in his shop, you know? And yeah. it's like, yeah. well, this one says no, slow house. <laughs> It doesn't say biker on it, you know? So how are they going to yeah. know that that's on your, your like, oh, that yeah. kind of makes sense, you know? So um, I've been wearing like t-shirts because I've always sort of loved screen printing and selling my own t-shirts and stuff. So mm -hmm. that was always going to be a big part of my channel as well. And I, and also why I ended up calling it Cut Laps. I didn't want to have my name like, you know, how Matt Jones is, his channel's name's Matt Jones. I was like, no, I'm going to set this up more as a brand that has legs to go beyond just YouTube and sort of mm -hmm. sell T-shirts and stuff as well. So that was that was always a goal of that. And um, so you could do a video on how you make a shirt that you're selling. Yeah, that could that could happen as well. If I mean, if people yeah. want to watch it, then I'm happy because that's definitely one it. of my passions. Like, yeah. um, so yeah, I think. And, and that's where I give a T-shirt away every episode. Which, yeah, I um, saw that. That's really that's rad. Engagement and stuff. And it, it feels awesome, like, sending them out to people and people get really stoked on it. But it's also a really good way for me to let people know that there are T-shirts available. You know, it's like, well, mm -hmm. hey, you didn't win one. Well, you can head to the shop and buy it. Or it's just a really great way to support the channel. You get something. I make a small profit. Yeah. Um, it's a win-win. So how do you do that? Because YouTube is like really shitty for being able to communicate with your subscribers. So how do you like go from like, you, you can't just pick somebody out and then like DM them. You know what I mean? So no, how, how do you, how I do you realized that in the first episode, I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> what <am I> supposed <laughs> to do but I've got a good return audience and, um, it's usually like a day or two, like a comment comes through. It's like, oh, I won the shirt. Awesome. And then I reply to that and be like, hit me up on uh, Instagram or something. And I've also got my yeah. email in the about section. So they'll usually send an email through or, or something. They'll, yeah. they'll get in contact with me. I haven't had, actually, there's one person from the early days that has never got in contact. And I even went back to their original comment and be like, congratulations, you want a shirt. And they're like, Cool. I don't know. I think they gave a thumbs up and I was like, that that was it. And I was like, you have to get in contact with me. And it never came through. But I mean it was probably that was my personal you know, account. <laughs> the, you um, send you my address. <laughs> yeah, send it, send it through. The um it's funny that it, it's probably just looked like, you know, there's so many spam accounts of these yeah. fake, fake people. I'm like, congratulations, you've won a bike. Just get in contact with Seth at I don't know, whatever the, the WhatsApp or whatever. Yeah. So this yeah. poor person's actually won a shirt. I'm trying to contact him. And he's just like, whatever, that's that's fake. Right, right. Yeah, that's but the anyway. way it goes, right? <laughs> Maybe he might see the episode eventually, like in a year's time or something. He'd be like, oh, I want a shirt, but never got it. <laughs> I don't know how to screen print. I feel like this is my next step of like the next, next rabbit hole I need to go down. I have a, a cricket, so I'm doing everything with vinyl. Yeah, so, right. So, but I don't, so how do you get from like, how do you get your design on a screen? Like, how does that, like, is there a, a like a cutting tool or something or? No, so you've got a silk screen and then, 
So you get your design and if it's just like a one color design, um, you print it in black, it's gotta be a certain type of ink, print it on black on paper, cover that in oil so the white goes see-through. And you got your screen print, which you put, um, it's called photo emulsion on it. So it's like this pink goo that dries mm -hmm. um, hard to touch, but it's not fully solidified yet. And you have a light table or a, a, a heat lamp. Yeah. Um, and so then you burn, you burn the image onto the actual screen itself. And you uh -huh. have to do it like, you have to set the perfect timer. Like it could be 60 seconds or it could be like, depending on varying things. So 60 okay. seconds will burn everything that's see-through in the image. So what was the white paper that will go uh -huh. rock solid. And then where it was black will remain soft. And so you go get a high pressure hose and you hose out what was uh -huh. black. So then you've got the, the image on. Right, the right. Even okay, sure, I get like, it. It's mirrored and stuff. So you have to make sure that when you're putting it on that, like right. the text is being mirrored yeah. and reversed and stuff. And so then it's yeah, I've screwed that up. I've screwed that up before too. So that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always, uh, it's a bit of a learning curve. So there's, it's quite a process to do your own screen printing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obviously, I mean, it's the same process with vinyl. If you want different colors, then you're just like poaching out that like, it over the one piece. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just laying it down separately. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I never, yeah. I, I, I was thinking about the other day. I was like, I almost looked it up on YouTube. So when you mentioned it, I was like, Oh, I get to find out this answer right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, How'd you get into that? Oh, um, I've, I've just been creative my whole life really. Like, I sucked at English, maths and science and stuff at school. Yeah. But the creative subjects I'd excelled at. And so mum and dad were really supportive. And I think it's like, I don't know, maybe my 10th or 11th birthday, they um, gave me a screen printing home kit, which at that time I was just, you know, using a scalpel to cut designs out of cardboard and uh -huh. kind of just screen print it that way. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so I'd be starting my own little skate brands and screen printing up T-shirts and stuff. So, oh, yeah, nice. it's always been passionate. I haven't, honestly, haven't done um, all that much of it. Like I've done some screen printing courses and then you get access to all their facilities and stuff. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's a hobby that I'd like to do more of, but it's, it's time consuming. So. Yeah, yeah. I really like the ability and I, I didn't know that i was a creative person like i never really thought of myself as like a creative person yeah, until right. um like it was a recent conversation with somebody and they were like it was uh, and my my wife was like what are you talking about you're super because i said something like oh i'm not super like like crafty and she's like dude you're a 45 year old guy with a cricket making your own t-shirts and stickers and hats and like yeah. you got a 3d printer because you're printing this thing that you want to make like no you're crafty and i'm like yeah that's pretty that's, that's pretty crafty man right <laughs> <laughs> but i really like i think for me it's really the the process of creating something like i i was a musician earlier in my life you know like i like play guitar and stuff like that awesome. and like it's always like, just like, it's really fun to make something. I think this is part of like the trail building too. It's like, there was nothing. And now there, you made this something, you know? Yeah. And it's just like really rewarding to like, have something tangible that just came from a thought, you know? Yeah, that's oh, so good. 
especially, I mean, going back to the trail building as well, I was always, I've always been drawn to creating things like where even snowboarding, I'd love to just go build sort of backcountry booters or whatever, or just find rocks mm -hmm. to pop off. But even like going back to video games and playing Tony Hawk, I would spend so much more time building skate parks within Tony Hawk to skate and stuff or, or like racing games and I'd be building tracks to, to drive around. And I've mm -hmm. always been draw, like driven to just, yeah, just create these different things. Um, yeah, yeah. But, my favorite yeah, toy yeah. when I was, my favorite toy when I was a kid was Legos. Like I just like, I thought that was the coolest thing. You just build stuff. You know? yeah. So good. I never got right. too into Legos. Like we had, we actually growing up, we had a big basket of it and play with it every so often. But I guess I just sort of grew out of, grew out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to grow out of them. That's totally fine. Oh yeah. We were poor. So the only way that I got like, we were poor. So the only way I actually got Legos was, this is a this is a perk to my mom being a horrible cook and probably questionable on the parenting but like we went to mcdonald's a lot and you would always have like legos in the in the <laughs> meal so like yeah, yeah. that was like it was like a double win for me it was like you get to get a happy <laughs> meal and you get legos i'm like this is perfect yeah so, that's so good now it's we're 45 <laughs> So great job just making my my freaking my diet choices horrible, mom. Thanks, man. That's great. <laughs> so um we're just about at two hours here. And I always like to ask oh, wow. people what other um what other creators they like to watch and like what are they into because it's always fun to hear and it doesn't even matter if it's mountain bike related or not just uh it's always fun to hear and sometimes you run into some new stuff that you, you would never thought of so uh i gotta throw out my boy froff um f-r-o-f-f -F on youtube he's just he's an aussie mountain bike youtuber putting in the time and the effort and and creating like it's not just like hey i went on a ride he's creating he's telling the story and stuff and he's at the moment, he's out in Western Australia just doing these crazy desert rides in sort of mm -hmm. 35 degree, 40 degree heat. Um, his last one, he just messaged me. He's like, I just got back from the ride. I've got heat stroke. I've just oh, vomited. No. It's like, oh, God, <laughs> that sounds like the worst nightmare, but I'm happy to watch you do it, mate. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's, he's, I saw his name pop up in the comments. I, I've definitely seen him around for a while because I, I recognized it as soon as I saw it because it's a unique name. And uh, yeah. I was like, oh, right on. I haven't seen that guy in a while. Yeah, no, check him out. He's he's a legend. So it's good. And right he's on. my like, he's my go-to YouTube. I, I, I'm not, I'm sure my friends and family are sick of me talking about YouTube. Like I'm obsessed <laughs> and like, I need to do this. I need to do that. And so now I found him. Like I've never actually met him, but we just talk on Instagram. And just, yeah ideas off each other or um you know we'll upload our edits and be like you should i change anything with this and really help each other yeah out. so yeah it's awesome it's really good yeah i was like a um like do they have crossfit in australia yeah yeah you, you know how it's like kind of like a cult like those cult yeah. like they just like talk about crossfit that's all they can do is like that's how i was <laughs> with youtube for like my first year like no yeah. matter what somebody said, I had a way to turn that conversation into YouTube. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty they, sure. They'd be my like, right, my kids the soccer game. I'd be like, you know what? On YouTube, <laughs> soccer is actually you know. 
Oh God, I'm definitely that guy. I'm that guy. Yeah, yeah. It took a while for it to like, like calm down. So now I can actually have like normal conversations with people. But initially, like, I totally understand, man. When you get when you first get started, it's just um, there's so much to learn. And well, that's it's, exactly like, really what I say. Like, and I and I'm talking like about these different tactics and things that I can do, and everyone's like, "What? What are you talking about, mate? Like that." I've got no idea. You're just speaking gibberish to me. Just go yeah, away. <laughs> yeah. 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 At least you um, are building and like filming on your own property at home instead of like, if you do a lot of POV stuff, there was a handful of people that I used to ride with that just didn't want to ride with me anymore because they didn't want to stop for me to like take another camera angle or they didn't want to stop and wait yeah. for me to change batteries. Or it was annoying that I was like, Hey, you mind if I fly my drone right here? You know? And like, so it's like, yeah. um, so you yeah, got that can be a challenge for sure. Yeah. Just working out. And actually dad, dad loves it. He's probably the biggest fan of the channel. So he's, and he's always at the property, you know, tinkering the shed or doing something. So he'll come up and, yeah drive the cable can if i need to get a shot or he's happy uh -huh. to help out lifting things or do a bit of digging so um yeah that's handy being at home as well what's what what has um surprised you most about the channel like compared to like maybe what you expected out of it when you started um how obsessed i would become yeah <laughs> how much i love it yeah you really um, thought it was just going to be like a little side gig kind of thing? Well, yes and no. Like like I said, I've been creating videos for a long time. I guess I just didn't really have a story to tell. Um, mm -hmm. So then when the opportunity to start documenting the trail coming together, um, it just seemed, yeah, like a no-brainer. Um, so I kind of thought that I could get hooked on it, but maybe not to the extent that I did. And mm -hmm. also what surprises me, um, like I'm a pretty shy, introverted guy, really, mm -hmm. um, which obviously a lot of YouTubers say, and it's like, well, I did not get that from watching your videos at all. But um, right. yeah, just the community that's been built up and, you know, these people, I can remember there was one time, it was about this time last year, because this is the busiest time of year for my graphic design business. And so mm -hmm. I didn't post for like two months or three months. And there's people messaging me like, hey, are you okay? Like, I was like, yeah, sorry, I've just been really busy. And they're like, oh, don't give up YouTube. I was like, oh, I thought you had died or something had happened. I was like, oh, these yeah. like, I've got a community that are, you know, missing me or worried where I am. And that, that blows my mind. That's wild. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting, man. It's like um, there's a, like you were saying, like your your relationship with Prof like you, you never met him. And there's a bunch of people on my channel that I talk to all the time. They always comment on my videos or they're on my Patreon or whatever. And it's like, I've never met these people, but you know, we really know each other. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah it's really kind of mind blowing too, where it's like, you go and you look at the like demographics and you're like, there's somebody in Singapore. Like there's people in Singapore downloading my videos. Like what the hell, you know, like, yeah. You look at the, yeah, because it's, it's, you can see the languages that it's been transcribed in or something as well. And you're like, wow. Yeah. This is, this really is wild. Crazy, it's really wild. Well, dude, I really had a great time talking with you. Um, anybody that's listening to this, if you haven't gone over to check out his channel, 
it's in the show more or you can hit the cutlaps.com there's a link on there somewhere that says subscribe and um or you can just search cutlaps on youtube and it'll come up because there's not another one so <laughs> really really appreciate everybody that's hung out so far if you haven't hit the thumbs up man do that and if you didn't like it hit the thumbs down twice it doesn't matter uh outside of that like i said at the beginning please if you're an Apple podcast listener, go over there, write me a five-star review. I would love to start the next episode with shouting you out and whatever your, your comment is over there. It's like, that that would be really rad. So please do that for me. I appreciate it a lot. Those of you guys on, on Patreon, thank you very much. Those of you that are thinking about it, please do that as well, man. It really helps because um, my drone back there, not doing well and those things are really expensive so <laughs> i would love the support to get a new drone so that's that's the cue for you just go over there click that patreon link help me out anyways it's as cheap as a buck it's like you go to the bar you buy a beer the dude just pours it for like 30 seconds and you give him a dollar i've been chatting with with luke over here from cut laps for two hours it's worth a buck anyways <laughs> if you don't want to do any of that I totally get it. You can do something for free though. And uh, just remember this, it only takes a bike to be a biker. Get out and be one.